0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelancing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Jerome, and I get to serve as lead pastor here. If it's your first time, welcome. We pray that you would know that you are loved, belong, and have purpose, and as Devin was talking about, we find ourselves on the other side of Love the City Week with the mountaintop experience where we got to see God do incredible things, and specifically at the 1130 service last week, 65 people responded to the gospel and to see lives changed up front at the altar as they wept, as they repented, as they considered what it meant to be born again and to say yes to Jesus. It was absolutely incredible. And that's because of your generosity, your yes in some way, shape, or form, maybe a prayer, maybe a time commitment, maybe through giving. And what God is doing here has been something that we're honored to be a part of. But today, what I would love to share is maybe the other side of the mountaintop experience. It's if you were to just look at the highlight reels or to follow Jesus' ministry, he had some big moments, y'all, but some of those moments didn't matter what people saw, they still said he wasn't worth it. Now, if you're old enough to here to remember pre-caller ID, come on, let me hear you make a little bit of noise. You remember the phone oh. to ring and you didn't know who it was. You didn't know who it was. And, and then when caller ID came, it was just game changer because you could look and say, do I want to answer it or not? And then there was this thing called Star 67, where you could you know, uh, block your number, and then that was used for prank calls, and that's another topic another day, but you wouldn't answer it. You didn't know if it was a bill collector or somebody that's there to prank you. But based upon whose name you saw, you would be excited to pick up the phone. Today, the heartbeat that I pray to be able to share with us is maybe formed in a question, who is calling you? Is it me? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it a friend? Is it a coworker? Or is it God? Jesus. And when he says things that might be difficult to us, do we hang up the phone? Today is titled, Lord of All. And I want to give you freedom that you can pull out your phone in this service and you can open up notes because there's going to be a time at the end of service where we just ask God to speak, to teach, to lead, to direct, to guide as we submit ourselves and say, God, you're Lord of all. You're Lord of all. Matthew 13 Jesus gives a parable of a story of the sower, and then he explains it, picking it up in verse 18. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path, and the one sown along rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root in is short-lived When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yield some a hundred, some sixty. Some 30 times what was sown, the word being Jesus, God's word, gospel impact, to see a return that only God could multiply. I believe all of us want to be people that can last through the storms of life. There was a phrase we always used in this discipleship content we created known as get rooted, and the phrase is, when the storms hit, where will your roots grip? Because following Jesus when it's awesome, when it's big, when we can see the direct impact might be a little easier. But when the pressure, the furnace, the challenges of life that crush us, is he worth it? And I think we could all maybe say yes, 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 but let's not be so quick to assume. We're gonna go in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter six, where there's a sobering verse. Um, that I'm gonna read the whole section of the the story of what's taking place there, and then we're gonna highlight a few scriptures. But to set it up, what is going on is Jesus' public ministry is on full display. Uh, He, just before this, took five loaves and a couple fishes and fed 5,000 men and all of the other women that would be there and children, and then there was leftovers. Miraculous. Then he walks on water, and then we pick up the story in verse 22. You can read along on the screen or just listen. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw there had been only one boat. They also saw that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to uh, Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you, they asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet do you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. That I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Therefore the Jews started grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be taught by God. Everyone who is listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, will live forever. The bread that I give you for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued amongst themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your ancestors ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, asked him, does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning of those who do not believe in the one who would betray him. He said, this is why I've told you, that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now that section is isn't even the full chapter, but it gives us the backdrop of where we're going to enter and highlight a few of the verses from that. And the first point I want to take us to is that, uh, or to phrase it in a way that I wrote, is this, Jesus' teaching may seem hard at times, but it is life. Jesus' teaching may seem hard at times, but it is life who's calling you, who's calling me. Now, it's one thing last week where we can say, yeah, he's Savior, his love, wow, it's publicly moving. 5,000 men were fed, there was leftovers, oh, you should have seen it. Let's not be so quick to just be people of hype, people of grit, people of soberly counting the cost to hear the teaching of Jesus look at verse 60 it says therefore when many of his disciples heard this they said this teaching is hard who can accept it now disciples meaning learners students followers of this rabbi Jesus is he just a prophet and you know what's uh, neat when you look at the end of the, the story when or, or, or the 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 beginning of the chapter of the end of when Jesus feeds the thousands, is he perceived among the crowd that they wanted to bring him up to power and exalt him as king. Now, there is nothing wrong with power in, in, it, in its sense that as long as it doesn't have us or we want to have it. Now, if it's meant to be stewarded under God for God's glory, then by all means... How beautiful would it be that we would have power, that we could bring reconciliation, redistribution, to bring the kingdom for people. But too often, people, when we see signs and wonders, we're like, okay, let's get that person in charge. Why? What is the motive? So that I can get fed more. So I can move up the ladder. So I can benefit from it. Now, Jesus, knowing this, this is constantly playing out time and time again, how he eventually takes his throne is so unlikely. He gives up all power. He gives up all all, all authority. He could call down legions of angels to defend him, but yet he rides on a donkey to to a death and a crucifixion for all of our sin. That's our Savior. God proves his love for us, we talked about last week. How? So that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we can move on in our day and age and be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like We're we're all sinners, we need a savior. And now what? Show me how I can use this Jesus to get power. Church, we can't be so easily uh, led astray that sometimes following Jesus isn't always gonna be convenient. The teachings are hard. They're hard if we want them to satisfy our flesh. They're hard if we want the bread now. They're hard if we're like, okay, when is the manna coming? When's the check coming? When's the job? When's the promotion? God, when am I going to get more? And it's not saying that more is necessarily bad, it's just saying it's not always synonymous with following Jesus. Jesus' teachings can seem hard, but they're life. And leading us to a next point would be this we can go all in with Jesus or turn back. Each one of us have this opportunity. Friend, I wasn't there when you were born, and I won't be there most likely when you breathe your last breath, and I for sure won't be there when you stand face to face before God. And that's not meant to give you fear or shame or condemnation. It's truth that you and me will stand before God alone. And the first reality will be, what did you do with my son, Jesus? And then did you steward what he taught you? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Jesus' commands and his teaching, they might seem hard to our flesh, but they're life. So we get this choice where we can either follow Jesus all the way or turn back. And look at the turn back, going from 61 to 68, look at this. Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, just like me and you, we're going to have times when we're wrestling with God's word and and we're going to hit dead ends where we think that it doesn't line up with our own feelings or what we think should be real or how we want the story to play out. But friends, if we never disagree with our God, I think you know That means you're God, and we're not submitted to the God. We believe that God created everything, and that because of the fall, there was a rescue plan in Jesus that we could experience the kingdom, the renewal of what delight and Eden, the original intent that one day the ultimate renewal will take place when God makes everything new, all things new. And that in him, now that is unlocked, that we could go and we're the kingdom on the move and the kingdom is the the royal priesthood, the heirs, the sons and daughters, those that can cry out, uh, Abba, me and you. But they're wrestling, and, and, and he says, does this offend you? Verse 62, then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Because there's this wrestle. Like, did he come from heaven? Or is he just doing these great displays? Naturally, there's a, there's a, 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 a critique or a skepticism, which we still have that today. The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and our life. But there are some among you who don't believe, and Jesus knew from the beginning, who uh, did not believe, and the one who betrayed him. And then there's much, is this, does this speak to predestination? And a few things I know to be true is that, yes, big God theology, he knows absolutely who's going to come home, who are his. The, the sheep know his voice, absolutely, yet he's outside time and space, and that there's choice, and there's this, there's this, there's this both. We just see it both playing out all the time. And then he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. And then verse 66, look at this. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. It was almost like, yeah. We really don't wanna do this communion thing with Jesus. We don't wanna eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, which he was not advocating cannibalism. What he was saying is, do you partake of me? Do you see that bread alone can't save you? But if you believe in the one God has sent, Jesus, that he is the bread of life. And in this moment where people may be clouded by power, clouded by the desire of now or the appetite of now or whatever, or fixated on just success or the show or growth, or this is where sometimes in our context, you know, up and to the right, and by all means, I want us all to be growing and going and dominating and ruling and taking, but, but, but sometimes it's not always about moving the ball forward, especially if the Lord says stop, and what sometimes we have to go back to go forward because we let him move into places and spaces in our life where there's been damage and there's been hurt and we, we need healing, and God doesn't want to just put a Band-Aid all the time or hide our scars, he wants to do real holistic soul repair. And then the disciples that were with him, you know what, they they heard all this and they're like, nah, we're out. I think a mistake we could make is to be like, yeah, if I was there, I would definitely be on Team Jesus. Aren't we more concerned that maybe even today where there's so much distraction, where there's so many things competing for our attention and our affection, everywhere we look, Maybe the question today, too, is am I choosing Jesus or am I just choosing to turn back? And then verse 67, uh, Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom, where will we go? This is so, this is cool. I was like, where will we go? We don't know any other place. We don't know any other person. You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So believing in Jesus means we will live forever with God. When I believe in him, now I have an eternal perspective that it puts everything in perspective today, that the pain, the the, the suffering, the endurance, the highs, the lows, the highlights, you know, from Love the City Weeks, that ultimately our aim is to be with God forever. And we can experience that as we abide in Jesus today. Look at John six twenty nine. This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. Now, we can say, yeah, I believe. I'm in. I believe. But I'm not asking you to compare yourself to one another, and I'm not even asking you to put yourself on blast and let me look at your life. Maybe just take an inventory and say, does my actions reflect my belief? Or am I using disclaimers along the way? excuses to be like yeah well everybody's doing it the peer pressure of the world is only going to get stronger christian followers of jesus those that maybe today will become your first day let's not hide the light let's walk in that fullness let's not let's not settle for a cheap trick Let's experience what we're walking into and remember how we've been bought. Look at Galatians 2, 19, puts it this way. For through the law, I died to the law so I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is key. If I've fundamentally given up every right that I have, then therefore I'm asking God, teach me, train me, lead me. Your word is life. I don't want to do it my way. I don't want to do it your way. We want to do it God's way. We want to submit and commit to be followers that are living out the commandments that he's taught us. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So here's what it might come down to today. It comes down to the spirit versus the flesh. The spirit versus the flesh. Our spirit is willing, our flesh is weak. <laughs> Let's let it die at a high level today. And here's how we're gonna end today. How can it die? Well, sometimes by just stopping and lifting up the name of Jesus helps us detox and get out of us. And God shows us things not to condemn us, but conviction is an act of grace that we can be convicted about something, that we could repent, we could course correct, we could calibrate. Because if you're hearing this message, you have a pulse, which means you have a purpose, that for such a time as this, we can do the overhaul work, where we don't have to turn back, where we can lean in and say, God, have all of me. So at the beginning, I said the message is titled, Lord of All. Why? Because if Jesus isn't Lord of All, He isn't Lord at all. Maybe this isn't hype enough. Maybe it's not fun. Maybe you checked out because we read too much scripture. I, I don't know. I just know on the other side of every big event, this has been the type of messages we're convicted to preach. For us to examine as a people don't follow Jesus because he can just save you. Let him be Lord because he can lead you. And all means all. Is he Lord at my job? Is he Lord in my home? Is he Lord in my relationship with my partner? Is he Lord in relationship my kids. Is he Lord in relationship with my phone? And we could pick any topic, and the goal here is not this. You know, sometimes when people accept Jesus um, or they respond to the gospel I like that phrase, because we don't know who's being saved and who's not. Only God truly knows. As many will call upon him at the end of the day and just say, Lord, Lord. But what happens sometimes is when people give their life to Jesus and respond and say yes, that their sin is cast as far as the east is from the west, salvation, forgiveness, instant, amen. And if we aren't careful as leaders, what we could do is now play Sin cops, where all right, you accepted Jesus, great. Tell me about your life. Are you smoking? You gotta stop. Are you living with your girlfriend? You gotta stop. Are you looking at porn? You gotta stop. And we just kind of just throw them the law again. It's like, oh my goodness, we get them saved by grace and then we let them go home with the law. But, but what could be as equally harmful could be, you're just saved. Yeah, where grace abounds, just let sin abound. That God somehow wouldn't want to lead you and be Lord of every area in your life. But here's what it looks like. It looks like a loving Father calling us into, teaching us and training us. A shepherd leading us to find the real food of life. That's why if if, if sometimes we fast, we're in a season, uh, uh, we, at the beginning of the year, we always try to have a time of prayer and fasting to reset because we disconnect from the world fast and connect to God fast by denying our flesh. You start skipping one meal and your flesh is screaming out, but your soul is getting aligned in such a way. Freedom, 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 freedom. So we end with this question and we're gonna worship. Here's the question, what am I holding back from giving all to Jesus? We believe that the Holy Spirit is here to lead us in truth, to lead us to Jesus. Now, if you hear something and you write it down and during worship you feel like, oh, this is what it means, but here's a couple of, Filters, for sure. It needs to line up with scripture and you can have somebody uh, invite some counsel in your life to confirm it. But that doesn't discount this moment that God can speak it to each one of us. Here's why it has to play out that way at some level, because this isn't one for one. Not each one of us are in the same lane. Not one of us is in the same situation, the same sins we're dealing with, the same Wrestles or unforgiveness and relationships that need to be calibrated. Each one of us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, have something today that I believe that God wants to say, okay, I want full control. Lord
0: of all. Let's
1: not be like the disciples that heard it and said, this is hard, and turned back. We never hear from that crowd again. Maybe later some of, us, some of them might come back in in the book of Acts and, and have a redemptive run. But I pray, church, how many signs and wonders do we need to see? What more would it be? Is there something more that would stop us from believing in the one God sent? And then it starts to give us the real McCoy that every single piece of information, every single uh, 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 setting and worldview can be filtered through the Almighty. And then we're able to calibrate and say, "Mm, that ain't right, that's a decoy. Mm, That's of the enemy. You know, and we, we, we have Jesus, the head of the church. So when we say we're gonna enter a season of connection, what we mean is that we're gonna deeply get to connect with God. And we're gonna connect with Jesus and connect with the Holy Spirit, and connect with people. But we are given a rallying cry to say, man, I want to be a disciple that doesn't turn back. I want to be a disciple that is saying, Jesus, you can have it all. Amen? So here's what we'll do. And we're going to worship. We're going to take the next 10 minutes. And to, to, to posture ourselves, we're going to reset. We'll do a breathing exercise that uh, some of the monastic uh, a way of prayer is through silent prayer or by breathing to just say Abba Father that we're remembering that God is in control so we're, we're taking our hands off the plow we're taking our hands off our own life and we're asking God is there areas of my life that I'm holding back what do you want me to do and how can I give up more control so we're going to breathe three times in this form of the prayer the, the, the prayer is Abba as you bring in and Father as you breathe out well I like things simpler. That might be hard to understand today by the amount of scripture I read, but the simplicity of just Abba, ah, just two syllables. We're gonna breathe in three times and uh, exhale three times. Um, Abba. Ah, and we're just gonna worship. And we're gonna ask God the question, is there something that I'm not giving you Oh Let's breathe. First one. God, we want nothing else but you. If There's people in the sound of my voice that have not made you Lord of their life yet and have never said yes to you. I pray in this moment, they would say, God, take my sin, I believe in you. And from this point on, that you would lead them as Lord. And for us that have been following you, God, we pray that we would hold nothing back in this moment. Nothing back. Every area of our life, you would show us your will, in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we worship, you can sit, you can ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and write it down or put it in your phone. We're gonna spend time giving it all to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, who's worth everything.
2: want to see
0: Just want you.
1: Me cast a little vision for just a moment. When we hit December, the holiday season is in full swing. Thanksgiving, here comes Christmas. And some of us know that that season always brings so much hurt and pain to the forefront. Or at the very least, the busyness of the season can bring distraction. Now, To enter that season where we're positioning ourselves as a people, that in October and November, we are going to be diving into God's word as disciples through groups and unite. You'll notice in the Church Center app, all of the different groups that that will begin October 1st. And then that will all lead it to, all the groups will lead up to a Wednesday night midweek service in November where we're growing as disciples together. That'll be Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And I tell you that so you can put it on your calendar, prioritize it, maybe adjust your schedule, ask your boss, try to line up a sitter to prioritize spiritual formation, amen? So today, if you wanna take a practical step and join a group, You can do that at the Connect Center, you can do that online or in the app. And I wanna challenge the men in the room. I'm gonna be leading a group with Pastor Coy from Kingdom Life right down the street that on Mondays at 7 p.m. I believe is the time, Pastor Coy Boyer and myself will be leading a men's group for 90 minutes together. And would love to see the men just rise up in this season as they submit to the real king as they give up control, take courage, be people of conviction and champion the call of Christ. And of course, ladies and couples, by all means, but may there be a call also today, because I'm I'm a stirred up because that's gonna be one of the groups that I'm leading. So I'm excited about that. would love to see you sign up for that today. Why wait, initiate, get in the game, let's go. And maybe tomorrow morning where you're like, okay, I don't understand how Lord of all plays out into my job, plays out in my day to day, plays out in my family. Maybe one step could be getting God's word, download the Bible app and just press play for the verse of the day tomorrow morning, and spend some time in His word. There's resources on our website that you can grow and dive in more. But we're going to connect with God and each other in a deep way in the weeks ahead, and we pray that every single person would say yes in some way, shape, or form. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. and 1130. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're gonna keep loving this city one life at a time, and we won't stop until Jesus makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives. Dag time.